are listening to Claim Closure, the premier audio resource for workers' compensation claims in North Carolina. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Claim Closure. I'm your host, Brian Grozier, and today we're going to start the game plan in terms of what happens after that Form 18 has been filed and deciding whether you're going to accept or deny a case based off of which form you are going to file. So you recall in the first episode, we talked about the Form 19, the Employer's Report of Injury. We also talked about how you have the onus to then provide the employee with a Form 18, which is the actual claim. And you recall at the end of the last episode, I talked about how a Form 18 actually kickstarts your game plan in terms of what are you going to do with the claim at that point, and that you get this acknowledgement letter from the Industrial Commission of a Form 18 filing with a requirement that you file a Form 60, 61, or a 63 in response to that 18, and you've got 30 days to do so from the date of that letter or face sanctions. And so we're going to talk about the first of those three forms, a Form 60 today, and the implications of filing that. And that is a formal acceptance of a claim. So I'm going to spend the next 25 minutes or so talking about a form that I advise you not to file. Isn't that a bit ironic? So we're going to talk about why I advise you not to file this form. I don't really see a valid reason to do so under really any circumstances, absent maybe one. So... We're going to talk about the Parsons presumption that exists whenever you do file this form. And if you do still choose to file it, we're going to talk about the specificity that you need to utilize in order to protect yourself when you do file this form. Because it cannot be reversed. Once you file this Form 60, you're stuck with it and whatever you put on it. So you better be darn sure, one, that you're correct in terms of accepting the case and two, what you're actually accepting. So again, this all you know encompasses why I advise you not to file this form, because you do have another form at your disposal, a Form 63, that allows you to investigate the file and protects you from the number of things that I'm going to talk about here in this particular episode. And we'll talk about that Form 63 in our next episode, but today we're going to focus on this Form 60. So what is this Parsons presumption that I talk about? It stems from a Supreme Court case back in 1997 called Parsons versus Pantry. And the general rule that is applied uh, ever since this case was decided is that once a plaintiff meets the initial burden of showing that an injury is the result of a compensable accident, a presumption arises that any additional treatment is directly related to that compensable injury. And so what this means is that if you accept a body part on this Form 60, you are meeting the plaintiff's initial burden of showing that the injury is the result of a compensable accident. You are accepting the claim. So keep in mind that a plaintiff has the initial burden to prove everything in their claim. And in litigation, you always want to keep the burden on the other side of the V, if at all possible. It gives you leverage both at litigation and also at negotiations if you have less of the burdens, right? And so by filing this Form 60, you are immediately alleviating the claimant of his or her initial burden to prove the injury is the result of a compensable accident. You're already proven it for them by accepting the case. All right. So this Parsons presumption, what it means is that if you have a, let's say you have a right wrist injury 
and the claimant ends up going to urgent care and treats conservatively and is ultimately released after three months. And then three months later comes back to you and says, hey, my right wrist is still bothering me. I'd like to get some initial treatment. Well, your initial reaction is likely going to be, well, wait a second here, Jack. You've been off for three months without treatment at this point. How do I know that you didn't injure yourself playing golf this weekend or doing something at the house or just the natural progression of maybe underlying arthritis or anything like that? You may be very valid in those questions in terms of legitimate concerns and possibly even legitimate defenses that you can raise. But if you accepted that right risk condition under a Form 60, the presumption is going to be that that request for additional treatment is related to the original work injury, and the burden is going to be on you as the employer and as the carrier to prove that it's not. Kind of hard at times to make that uh, or to meet that burden because a lot of times you have no clue what if anything did happen in that three-month period, right? You don't have additional medical records. You've got nothing. And so you're just assuming that it's not related, but you don't really have the evidence necessarily to rebut that presumption. That's why this presumption is important because it applies to you as soon as you file this Form 60 and applies to whatever body part you actually accepted. So let's take a look at that Form 60. Once again, it's on the Industrial Commission website. We're looking at ic.nc.gov. If you go under the Employer tab or the Carrier tab, you can see all the forms. And like I mentioned in the very first episode, the Industrial Commission should be able to determine what happens in a case just by looking at the forms. They don't need anything else. They don't need a brief or motions or anything in that regard. They could just look at the forms and know exactly what happened. And so this Form 60 is labeled as the employer's admission of an employee's right to compensation. All right. You are accepting the claim. Now, it has the typical caption that you saw at the top of the Form 19 and the Form 18, where you list all the party information, the employee's name and the employer's name and the insurance carrier's name. Just like that was pretty important on the Form 18 that we discussed last episode in terms of whether or not that uh, negates the two-year requirement uh, for an employee to file the Form 18 if they list the wrong carrier. The same thing is true here in terms of possibly listing the wrong employer's name or uh, anything in that regard, and we'll talk about that in a minute, that again, these are basically impossible to reverse. And so if you make a unilateral mistake, and we'll talk about that case, it's Spivey versus Wright's Roofing here in a little bit, unilateral mistake is not going to negate this form. So make sure that when you are filling out the caption of this, that everything's accurate in terms of the employer's name, the insurance carrier's name, and the employee's name, all of that. Just make sure it's accurate. Now, it goes on to state, two defendants, describe with particularity the body parts or conditions for which you are admitting liability and compensability. It even has a checkbox next to it that says injured by accident on blank date, specify the body parts involved. Now, why is this important? Now, I've been doing this for 14 years at this point, and I still, to this day, I've done these seminars for 14 years, and I've said what I'm about to say many, many, many times over. Yet I still, to this day, get a Form 60 in a file that gets referred to me that has a body part listed as back or right arm or right leg. Now, I'm sure you may have done that in the past, and 
it's not just a rookie level adjuster that does that. It's often a seasoned adjuster, one that has more experience than I do in terms of filling these forms out, in terms of years of experience, and yet they still do it. And I know that everybody's busy. You know, you're handling a bunch of files at the same time. You're under pressure to get a form filed so you can avoid the sanctions that we talked about at the last episode. And so you just say, hey, what the heck, I'm going to put right leg on this and fulfill the requirement to get this thing filed and move along. Well, guess what? That can really bite you in the end because let's use this as an example. You have a claimant that alleges a low back injury. You file the Form 19. He files the Form 18. He's talking about his low back is bothering him. He goes to urgent care and mentions his low back. And you file a Form 60 that says back. Let's say two months later, he starts complaining of neck pain and alleges that, well, I, you know, I hurt my low back and that was the body part that really was the focus of my complaints initially, but I also injured my neck. I just didn't mention it at the time because I felt like the low back was more important or was giving me more issues. Well, that may be true and all, but you may be like, hey, look here. I Again, I didn't accept the neck. I was only treating the low back. I'm not going to treat the entire spine, and I don't feel like the neck is compensable. Well, the Industrial Commission is going to look at the Form 60 and see, okay, employer and carrier, what did you accept? And if you just say back, well, guess what? You accepted the neck in all likelihood because the neck is part of the back. Same thing is true with the arm. If you just put a right arm down there and you only meant to accept right lateral epicondylitis in the elbow and they start complaining of shoulder pain or they start complaining of wrist pain or forearm pain, once again, the Industrial Commission is going to look at what you filed and what you accepted. And if you accepted right arm, that encompasses the whole arm, right shoulder, elbow, wrist, forearm. That's what they're going to be looking at. And so... The form itself tells you to describe with particularity the body parts and to specify specify the body parts involved. Do so. Don't just be vague and ambiguous as to what you're accepting because it matters. It matters because of this Parsons presumption that exists that if they're complaining of lateral epicondylitis in the right elbow and you put right arm and later they start complaining of shoulder pain, you may very well think the shoulder has nothing to do with the claim, but guess what? It's going to be your burden to prove that it's not related. That is the Parsons presumption. And that's what happens when you file this Form 60. So if you are going to do this on the Form 60, and it's really applicable to the Form 63 too, and we'll talk about this at the next episode, do so with specificity. Actually describe to the Industrial Commission what it is that you're accepting. All it takes often is to look at the medical records and see what the doctor actually diagnosed. They'll say something like a lumbar sprain, or maybe they'll say lateral epicondylitis, or maybe they'll be even more specific and they'll say an L4-5 herniation. If you know with that level of specificity what it is that they're actually diagnosed with, feel free to put that on the Form 60. The more specific you are, the better off you're going to be. But don't just put right arm. Don't just put right leg. Don't just put back because it really opens you up to a lot of exposure that you weren't necessarily looking to buy. And I don't want you to have buyer's remorse six months down the road when you send me a file and says, hey, I never accepted this neck, Brian. What can I do about it? And you have back listed on the Form 60. Well, we're fighting an uphill battle at that point. And you don't want to fight that battle if you don't have to. Now, why is it that I'm harping on these issues and I'm advising uh, against the filing of a Form 60 is because you really can't reverse it. 
All right, so I mentioned Spivey, that case uh, from uh, 2013 out of the Court of Appeals. And this involved a case with a staffing agency and a subcontractor and a general contractor. So there were a lot of moving parts here. And one of the folks thought that they could just thought it was the right employer. And so they filed the Form 60 thinking that they were the employer and they notified the industrial commission that they were accepting the claim and everything else. And then they realized later on, oh, crap, maybe we're not the employer. And they tried to argue a unilateral mistake saying that, hey, we were mistaken. We thought we were the employer. We weren't. These folks are really the employer. We want to get out of this claim. Well, the general rule, and this is what Spivey pointed out, the general rule is once a party has filed a Form 60, it will not be set aside based off of a unilateral mistake or failure to investigate. The Industrial Commission is saying, look, we're giving you a period of time to investigate your file. If you choose not to do so and just formally accept the case on the Form 60, that's on you as the defendant. Now, what is this investigatory period I'm talking about? Note that when you get notice from the Industrial Commission of a Form 18 filing, they give you 30 days to file a 60, 63, 61, figure out what you're going to do with the file. Or you get sanctioned. Well, you got 30 days there to investigate it. But in reality, if you are still relatively new into the claim in terms of when it occurred and when the notice was received, you do have the option of the Form 63, which I'm going to talk about in the next episode. But that gives you a 90-day investigatory period from the date of notice, not necessarily the date of injury, but the date of notice, as to there was a work injury, and that notice applies to the employer and the carrier together, meaning if the employer knew about it and the carrier didn't, it stems from who knew about it first, but you've got 90 days, and the Industrial Commission is going to say, you've got 90 days here to investigate this file. If you chose to file a Form 60 on day 45, that's on you. You accepted the case. And so they're not going to reverse it based off of you making a unilateral mistake or you failing to investigate and you find out later on that, well, they didn't really hurt themselves at work. They hurt themselves at the gym. Or maybe they didn't hurt themselves at all. And they just heard of a friend that got workers comp and they decided to get on it too. And they uh, made up a claim or what have you. They give you the opportunity to investigate the file. If you choose not to do so, you can't then go back and say, hey, you know, that was our mistake. The Industrial Commission is not going to listen to you. And also note the heading of this Form 60. It says the employer's admission of an employee's right to compensation. It does not say the employee, employer's agreement with the employee as to right to compensation. Why does that matter? Because this is not a contract. This is a formal admission to the Industrial Commission that this is your claim, that you are accepting the responsibility for it. It is not an agreement between you and the employee. And why does that matter? Because if it truly was an agreement between you and the employee, then you could have contractual defenses at your disposal, such as mutual mistake, misrepresentation, or even fraud. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't allege fraud and have a fraud investigation or uh, have other defenses, including misrepresentation, that you can raise. But guess what? You're going to be paying TCD while you raise those defenses because they're not going to reverse this Form 60 based off of mutual mistake, misrepresentation, or fraud. Because once again, you have the opportunity to investigate the file. And when you file the Form 60, you're basically telling the Industrial Commission, we investigated the file. We believe that uh, uh, our investigation is sufficient, and we believe that we're responsible for this claim. 
And the industrial commission is going to look at it and say, so long as the info was reasonably discoverable, then they're not going to reverse it. And I said that there may be an issue as to when they would allow for reversal. It's under this standard, right? That the information was not reasonably discoverable in that time period that you were investigating the file. Now, that's going to be a very slim uh, instances or, or very little instances that that would ever happen. But that is kind of the loophole that you could thread your needle through if you needed to. But the odds of that are not very high. And so you just got to keep in mind that this is a very uh, difficult and unlikely thing to reverse if you are looking to do so. So why does that matter? Uh, Because you're going to handcuff yourself to this claim when you file the Form 60. And you're going to handcuff it to whatever it is that you put on that Form 60. And again, looking at the Form 60 itself, it allows you to indicate with specificity what body part to put. I advise to be specific. It also talks about average weekly wage. That's under number three on the uh, Form 60 itself. You can put an estimate as to the average weekly wage there. You're not going to necessarily be bound to it. So if you need TTD to be started and you are trying to figure out what the average weekly wage is, a lot of times you will ask the employer for that information up front, but you might not get it initially. You might not get the completed Form 22 or you might not get the payroll information in time for when benefits are actually owed, uh, when they're out of work for more than seven days and benefits are kicking in and you need to figure out a TTD check. Well, Go with an estimate if you need to. So if they are making $10 an hour and averaging 40 hours a week, put $400 down as the average weekly wage. You can always amend that later when you do get a Form 22 and you do get the payroll records from the employer uh, by filing a Form 62. And we'll talk about a 62 and we'll talk about a 22 in a later episode when we're dealing with determination of average weekly wage and compensation rate and reviewing wage records and filling out that Form 22. But for the purposes of the Form 60, you can estimate it, all right? The key is the Industrial Commission just wants the claimant to start getting paid. If you're going to do a 60, they want them to get paid. And so you can always alter it. If it was $400 what you put on here, but you find out later it's $450 or it's $350, that can be altered at a later date. But um, put something on there that has uh, some backing to it that you can uh, support based off of the evidence that you initially have. And then finally, under number four, it talks about the disability resulting from the injury began on this date and compensation commenced on this date. Why does that matter? Because a lot of people think that disability means injury, that your injury is your disability. It's not. Disability is defined as your inability to earn your pre-injury wages due to your injury. And so you're either out of work completely or maybe you're working part-time now because of your work injury and your restrictions and you're making less wages. That is your disability. It's important because North Carolina operates on a 500-week cap when it relates to TTD entitlement. That 500-week cap runs from the initial date of disability, not from the date of injury. And so You could be injured today and continue to work for the next six months and then have surgery and be out of work for the first time. Well, guess what? That 500-week period starts six months from now. It doesn't start today. And so you want to be specific there on the Form 60 to let the Industrial Commission know when exactly it is that this disability period started because it's important in terms of that 500-week period. entitlement and that runs continuously 
from the initial date. It's going to run nonstop for that full 500 weeks. So you want to be accurate in terms of uh, indicating that on the Form 60. So again, as an overview, my recommendation is do not file this Form 60. You have a Form 63 at your disposal. We'll talk about that in the next episode, uh, but don't file this 60. The only way that you would really file one is if you get the file as the carrier, the 30-day period of time has already lapsed in terms of your ability to investigate the file and possibly deny it. You don't have any reasonable grounds to deny it after those 30 days uh, from getting it from the Industrial Commission in terms of the notice of the Form 18. Or the 90-day period has already lapsed as well, and you don't have time. you, you got to make a decision. It's defaulting to this 30-day period, basically, to make a quick investigation. You don't have a reasonable time to uh, – or denial at that point. Then you could file a 60 because even Spivey talks about how 63 defaults into a 60 once that investigatory period ends and no denial occurs. So all the things that I'm talking about with the Form 60 will apply to a Form 63 – if you don't deny the claim within the requisite time period of the investigation. So if you're already in that time period, it really doesn't matter if you file a 63 or a 60 if you're paying indemnity benefits. Uh, But if you're not and you're paying medical benefits, you don't file a Form 60, all right? And that's why on the form itself, under number four, it says the disability resulting from this injury began on this date Again, disability is your lost wages. If this is truly a medical-only scenario, you don't have a disability. And so there is no point or reason for you to file a Form 60 when all you're doing is paying medical benefits. And I've seen that happen, too, where somebody files a Form 60 and lists the body part and says medical-only in parentheses. It's the wrong form. And not only that, you just accepted a case that you never had to accept because medical benefits being paid is not prejudicial. That doesn't mean that you accepted a case just because you're paying medical. But if you file a Form 60, you are accepting the case, regardless if you're just paying medical or not. You formally accepted it. So if it is a medical-only situation, there is zero need for you to file a Form 60. You have a Form 63 to file. Again, if it's anything other than what I talked about in terms of you're outside of your investigation time period and you basically have to accept or deny the case, if it's anything other than that, I recommend you file the Form 63. We will talk about that in great detail in our next episode. But until that time, this has been Claim Closure.